Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Taking little bits of time to reflect can give us so much information. And I think that's what I try to do in those mindful breaks is break it down so it's really easy to, to gather this information. Otherwise, it can be really overwhelming. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 191. Today, we're talking about mindful empowerment with Shonda Morales. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership And I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back. I am so glad you are here today. This is a very special episode with a dear friend of mine that I am so excited to share with you, Shonda Morales is a woman's empowerment coach, a speaker, and a psychotherapist in private practice. And she believes that when women empower themselves and create life balance, they unleash the capability for incredible accomplishments, right? And which I completely in agreement with her. And she is the author of Breathe Mama Breathe, 5-Minute Mindfulness for Busy Moms. And her new book is Breathe, Empower, Achieve, 5-Minute Mindfulness for Women Who Do It All, and is now available. So I'm so excited 
for you to jump into this conversation with us. Really, you know, if you feel like you're like on that hamster wheel, you're being pushed and pulled around by life. And it can feel like when you're in that place, like that change is really insurmountable. But Shonda really shows us how to empower ourselves with bit by bit, you know, to meet, reach our goals just bit by bit over time, taking those steps, which is, this is completely in accordance with the way I believe change should be done. The best changes are done in this sort of bit by bit way, I think. And some takeaways and things I want you to listen for, you know, are that if we're always putting out fires, we're really just living reactively and that we can build self-confidence and practice that in really tiny bites that, of course, meditation gives us a foundation of awareness and insight. So I'm so excited for you to join us for this conversation. Uh, Before we jump in, I want to let you know that right now, the Raising Good Humans live event is happening. It's starting uh, today, I believe, on the day this comes out on October 22nd with live going live with Oren Sofer talking about how to stay focused on what really matters. We are also going to have today, later today, Julie King and Joanna Faber, who and we're going to be talking about how to get little kids to listen. So we have nine amazing interviews with amazing teachers and guests, including Hal Runkel, Kathy Adams, And we're all concluding with Dr. Laura Markham on November 4th. So this is a really exciting event. I hope that you will be part of it. And you can join us at by joining up at RaisingGoodHumansBook.com slash live. That's RaisingGoodHumansBook.com slash live. And we will have a link to it at MindfulMamaMentor.com. But I invite you to check it out and join us. All of these live interviews will be up for a limited time. And it is to help us get super excited about the pre-launch of Raising Good Humans. I'm so excited about this. Raising Good Humans is now available for to for pre-order. You can order it now. And if you do, you can be an if you want to be like an amazing super gold star supporter, you can order it and get excited about it and then read it when it comes out and leave an amazing review on Amazon, which is where those reviews need to be left, right? So yeah, it's all happening. It's all really exciting. And I hope you'll join me for the Raising Good Humans live event to help us get excited and kick off the book. Woohoo! so exciting. All right. So whether you are here in real time or here in the future, I am so happy to be in your ears. I'm so excited for you to be part of this conversation. So join me at the table as I talk to Shonda Morales. Shonda, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Hunter. I'm glad you're here. I'm excited about your I'm excited about your new book coming out right around now, Breathe, Empower, Achieve. And you've been in the mindfulness world and you have an, another book about helping moms and parents of, or people fit in mindfulness into small little bits of time, five minutes and things like that. So what are, I first of all, before we kind of dive into some of the, the things you say in the book, Let's kind of define what is the the problem that people are, you know, why, what, what is going on that we are so, that we need to like kind of 
find these teeny bits of time to 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 chill out. So because there's a big problem with burnout right right now, right? And 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 anxiety and overwhelm. And you know this because you see this in your patients. So tell me, tell me more about this. Right. So and that's kind of where the shift I wrote Breathe Mama Breathe for busy moms and uh, the shift came when I started to, my younger son, my daughter's in, was in high school and my son was going into first grade and in school age. So I had a little more time to kind of be out of the trenches in parenting and kind of look up and see like, how did I want to make a bigger difference in the world? And I think that can happen sometimes when we kind of get out of the, the trenches with the little, little ones. So, um, and what I was seeing and continue that we're on this hamster wheel of busyness and, and high achieving women, especially. Uh, so whether they're moms or not moms, this, this idea of not having any balance and always putting out fires and just feeling like there's um, very little intention in the direction that we're going in our days. So, so exactly that idea of burnout and overwhelm and um, just putting out those fires and not allowing themselves to dream or have any space or time in our day to think about what we really want, how we really want to uh, maybe look out to the bigger world and see where we can uh, contribute and to really be our best selves and live bigger. So mm. that was the premise for the book. You, you say, um, and I, and I, see this all the time, this like always on the wheel of busyness, always putting out fires. Even I think, uh, even when we go on vacation, right? Like, it's like, it's like maybe you get seven days, you know, and you're, that's like, a, a, it, but it goes by in a snap and you're going somewhere and then you're coming back and then you're adjusting. And, and there's all, it's always this quickness the the speed of our lives is insane. But but you you say this very very little intention. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like very very little. What do you mean by very little intention? Meaning, so if we don't pause every so often and have those little bits of space created deliberately in our day, and I believe strongly in just these five minute pauses or intentional, what I call mindful breaks throughout the day, then we are just reacting to anything that comes our way and there's no priority there's no prioritization happening so it's sort of like we aren't being deliberate we are just allowing things to happen to us we're getting pulled along in the flow of things and uh, before we know it you know years pass and you're like well I'm just still in the same job maybe it's stagnant maybe I'm not living my dream I feel like there's something missing here is is this all there is and I see that a lot with women too kind of getting to that place where I don't know. I just feel like there's something missing and, and there needs to be something more to life kind of thing. So when we're, when our kids are little and we're keeping them alive and that's a very all consuming process. And then when they are a little more self-sufficient and we have more time and, you know, not necessarily moms either, just women in general, being able to delineate what do I want and what's important to me and what, where are my strengths? And, and also another piece of this book is, getting out of our own way. So confidence and assertiveness and recognizing. So the more we have, we can be calm and aware. So I can tell a little bit, tell you a little bit about the book, the Breathe Empower Achieve framework is the breathe practices are about calm and awareness. So when we don't take that pause, if we hop out of bed in the morning, hop on that hamster wheel, and we are going, going, going until we crash into bed at night, there's no time. There's no time to pause and reflect on what is happening, what I want, you know, is this the direction I want to head? And 
we're not calm enough to even have that awareness. And we know about the different parts of the brain and with fight or flight and living on that low level fight or flight. So the breathe practices help us calm and be more aware, have that insight. The empower practices are about uh, stepping out of our own way, recognizing where we put in, put up uh, barriers, uh, assertiveness, confidence and recognizing our strengths. And the achieve practices are about goal setting and vision and values. And so being very deliberate in how we achieve success, whatever that looks like for us. As parents, we know that there are so many things in life that we have to compromise on. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that doctor that doesn't really listen to you. Instead, check out ZocDoc. This is a place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there's no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you actually know about. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com mindful and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mindful. ZocDoc.com slash mindful. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. So you're saying we are in a chaotic world. We're in, you know, a, a crazy busy world, but we can, it doesn't have to take, it doesn't have to take like a week away. <laughs> in Bali to, you know, with a coach to figure out what you want to do in your life. Like you can start to take, chip away little bits at the the stress. We can chip away little bits at the empowering our, ourselves. And then even a little bit in little bits, I kind of getting to these, these goals. So I was thinking about this, um, that breathe piece, of course, has to be in there because I was thinking about this and I was thinking about building self-confidence, right? And this is something that we could all use almost universally and uh, maybe not all of us, but but most of us. And um, I was thinking about the idea of like, well, 
because as human beings, we're, we have this wired for survival nervous system, you know, that is, has its tendency to see the negative, has its tendency to, you know, towards anxiety and things like that. And we live in a chaotic world. Like the world is, it feels like there's, you know, in the news, all these things going on with our, our nervous system, the idea of building how do we do that? How do we build self-confidence with a nervous system that is wired for just survival and stay alive and see the negative? Right. Well, for me, it's this combination of the breathe practices, the calming. We have to learn how to access that bit of calm with five minutes of meditation, with a few sprinkled mindful breaks throughout the day that calm our nervous system down. So it's just that that ongoing practice. And then uh, then we can recognize our pattern. So we have a little more insight and we can hone and our strengths and also recognize where we are perceived weaknesses. Are they really weaknesses? Are they uh, weaknesses that we can learn to strengthen, learn to adapt? Um, so, so I'm not sure. So yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I guess that that piece about that piece, you know, that there's that mindfulness piece there in, in there that is saying, even though, you know, we can work with this nervous system to, to calm our nervous system down. And then one with that in place, then we're able to sort of build self-confidence. What are some practices you have to build self-confidence? Right. So, um, a few that I love one, some of them I borrowed from some of my clients and, um, of course I give them credit in the book, but one I love is called the unmute yourself mindful break. And that is this woman talked about, she works in a company where she does a lot of video conferences and she would always put herself on mute and she was getting frustrated. She was working hard and she had a lot to contribute, but she wasn't moving up in the company and she really was struggling with that. So she talked with a mentor and the mentor said, look, you need to unmute yourself. You need to speak up in meetings. You have a lot to say. So she was terrified. And she said, I, every single meeting, I, you know, literally unmuted myself and would make myself contribute. And I did have a lot to say. So I think it's this idea of that. It's such a great analogy or or metaphor for how we do mute ourselves, especially as women. And there's so much research around that too. So that's one, just really being deliberate about speaking up whether, you know, when we think we do have something to say and uh, kind of pushing through that, which does build confidence, the more we do it, it builds upon itself. So Mm -hmm. that's one practice. I love that. Would you, would you recommend like, um, I want to hear the other one, but would you recommend, um, like say somebody is struggling with that and is working on speaking up, would you say like maybe they focus on this for like a week or two at a time? Like this is a, an, an, a way of just being intentional. Like this couple of weeks, I'm going to be practicing this even though it feels difficult, et cetera. It, definitely. So it's a great question. And, and both of my books, how I see them being most helpful is to, whether you are meditating or not, to get back into or start a five-minute daily meditation practice just to have lay that foundation of what that feels like so we can access that and build upon that if you'd like. And then sprinkling our day with mindful breaks and starting with just one. So yes, absolutely. Try one for a week. So it becomes more of a habit. And if you need to take that for two weeks or however you want to do that, but to really they become integrated into our lives. So we don't even recognize their habits then. And then we're not even recognizing that we're doing it as much anymore. It's just effortless. Um, just, we don't need to give it as much 
much thought. So once we establish that, so yeah, layering them up, that's, that's the best way to go. Right. Uh, Yeah. So another one, uh, two more that recognizing our inner bully and sometimes we can even personify her in the book. I talk about, I call mine Marge and she's kind of like, looks like the Simpson version of Marge, which is like really, she can be really bitchy (laughs) And, and she can recognizing when Marge shows up in my life, usually when I'm tired or if I'm, you know, really stretching out of my comfort zone, then she's kind of like that voice of self-doubt, that voice of like, yeah, I don't know if you can really do this. You're not, I don't know about this. And recognizing that that's protective um, and that's help. It can be helpful, but to, we don't need to follow follow what she's saying. We can kind of say, well, thank you for being here and thank you for cautioning me and I can still do this anyway. So being aware of that and not just falling under that. Because what we know is that when we meditate and we recognize this more, we, we have so many thoughts. And what we do is we tend to turn thoughts into facts. So the more we can recognize that's just a thought and then question first, that's where that insight comes in. Is it a fact or not? And recognize when our inner bully, when it's our inner bully talking. Um, and then go ahead. I, I have a question for you about that inner voice and that inner negative voice that we have. Uh, you know, sometimes we are, you know, we're, we're given advice to, to follow our instincts and to listen to our inner wisdom and things like that, but not listen to this inner bully. How do we differentiate between a voice, an inner voice that might be an inner voice of wisdom that's like a strong, helpful gut experience versus that voice of fear, the negativity, the inner bully? Yeah, great question. There's a mindful break for that too, which is, it's called do not fear mistakes. There are none. And I talk about that, which is this, again, getting quiet. So that's where the breathe practices come back in. It's all so circular, the way they all interplay. Um, When we get quiet, we can recognize and start to familiarize ourselves with those body sensations and recognize when there's that tightening or that subtle discomfort showing up somewhere in our body. And sometimes it's super subtle. Um, and sometimes we know, like you're saying, we may be completely on the right track and it still feels really scary because that's kind of how it should feel when we're doing something new and out of our comfort zone, even though it's maybe the best way to go. Uh, so it does take time and practice. And I share an example of when I, I, uh, didn't follow that. So I was making a jump into, uh, joining a group practice. They had reached out to me a few years back and, And I was out for a bike ride a week before I was ready to start. And I had given up my own uh, psychotherapy practice that I had for about 10 years, was joining a group, closing up shop. Like it's a big, you know, big change. And I felt like I was almost going to have a panic attack out on my bike ride. And I came home and I said to my husband, I don't know, I just really am having doubt about this. I can't tell if it's just like you're saying, is it just fear making a change? Or is this telling me like, this is a really bad idea? And so, you know, he talked to me and he, he kind of talked me down. Um, but what I later recognized after just being there for a few months, it was pretty clear, like, yes, that, that was my intuition talking and I didn't heed it because it was only a week out and it was a lot of those things. So sometimes we, we know it, we squish it mm-hmm. down and, uh, don't follow it. So it is about, it takes practice. So sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we can recognize this is my inner wisdom um, giving me information. This is just my inner bully. But it's uh, it's that ongoing practice of awareness to tease out, which is the the kind of um, the, the helpful warning that really we should heed and which is just good 
fear, <laughs> healthy fear, I should say, that is, you know, that kind of like comes with stretching ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't give the, this is how it will be for you, Hunter. It's mm-hmm. different for each of us, which is what makes it so interesting and challenging. But the more we can recognize and practice that on ourselves, the more we become familiar with it. Yeah, I guess it's like there's there's a, you know, if you're going on stage to speak and you have been wanting to do that and there's that feeling right before you go on where it's incredibly scary and uh and then, you know, but you do it anyway because that's kind of stepping out of that comfort zone and and that's that's kind of a healthy disregarding of that that fear, right? And then there's that but um but yeah, you said and you just said it a minute ago, but this idea of do not fear mistakes. There are none. What do you mean by that? Meaning that I believe and that, you know, sometimes so I can look at that, um, that my example of being mm-hmm. on my bike and changing and giving up my private practice and jumping into something that very early on was clear. This is not a good idea. This is a bad match for me. And I had to, that was terrifying because I had to start all over again with my own practice, building that up and, and just even acknowledging that that wasn't a great fit. So I could look at that as a mistake, but what happened out of that is I had free time um, building up my caseload there. I started writing blog posts and I started writing, I thought, huh, I have a workbook here. Huh, maybe I have a book here. That's how I ended up writing my first book. So I feel like there's always, you know, it's, it, it stretched me in a different way and headed, you know, I was probably going to just stay pretty complacent in my own practice and it made me kind of shift into a different direction that has been awesome. So <laughs> that's what I mean. I think there's always growth there and we can learn from it and, uh, you know, it's how we frame it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it is. It's like kind of how, how we look at things, you know, and, and it's hard to, part of that I, I wonder about is kind of, having reminders, like having those helpful, having reminders of that, you know, I love this, this, you know, what you said, like, do not fear mistakes, there are none. And sometimes I just need that reminder, right? And I, I can, I can get that Uh, reminder from other sources and that this idea that, you know, it really is in, in how I look at it, it really is in how I frame it. If I can see that, you know, I can I can approach the world as if the world is for me, or if I can approach the world as if things are happening to me. And it sounds like kind of what I'm getting from you from all of this is kind of a, as far as this empowerment, right? Is like a shift towards being in the place of life is happening to me, and I'm being reactive to all of these things. To saying to to shifting our mindset to a place of this is happening for me. This has benefits to me. Um, you know, I can, I can kind of work with this in in some way. Right. Work with it. And I can kind of create my own, my own life. I can be the author of my own life of how I want that to look. So that's the achieve piece, which is, you know, you kind of have these um, other pieces in place. And if we're not confident or assertive, then we can't, we're going to block ourselves. So then, you know, we need, we need to kind of develop that. And of course, these are lifelong practices. Uh, but the achieve practices are then, yeah, now what? So I can make things happen and, um, being able to see that the more we do things and the more, more, um, we prioritize and really focus on how to break down those goals and those dreams into really tiny micro action steps, then we build upon that. And that does build confidence. So they all kind of, those pieces circle back together, the breathe and power achieve. 
So when you, with that achieve piece, do, are the, do you have practices for visualizing what you want to achieve? Like, what is it that you want? What is it that you're looking for? Right. There are short mindful breaks to help us uncover that. So talking about uh, using our magic wand, you know, what kind of, if I could give you any kind of superpower sort of thing, what would you take? And that kind of is information of what you're craving. And then how do you break that down so you can make that happen? Even talking about, so and goal setting, of course, too, how to make really tiny little, I call micro action steps so that it's so easy, we can't fail to kind of reach our goals. And identifying even with what I call the green-eyed monster mindful break, which is when I recognize I'm feeling envious of someone, what is that? What's the information in there that I can say, huh, it's not really what's what appears to be on the on the surface. It's more about I'm craving... I'm craving a little more downtime in my life or I'm craving a little bit more something, you know, so it's not always what it first appears, but having, um, just taking little bits of time to reflect can give us so much information. And I think that's what I try to do in those mindful breaks is break it down. So it's really easy to, to gather this information. Otherwise it can be really overwhelming. We feel like, well, I'm supposed to have a purpose or I'm supposed to do something, but I have no idea what that is. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Yeah, yeah. So you can break it down into smaller, smaller bits. You know, I think about that sometimes, like, sometimes I, I, you know, I think about the big picture of the world and I get very frustrated with the the way our society is and, and how challenging it is for people and the lack of support and things like that. Um, which I really believe in. And then on the other hand, there, you know, I also believe, like, as you're saying, like, there are things 
that we can do to kind of make it towards our vision of what whatever that is. And, you know, we have to kind of, we have to take that step back and be intentional, like you said, and, and have that vision in the first place. Like we can't just shut ourselves off from that vision and say it's impossible. So if your vision is to you know, work fewer hours and have more time off and, you know, have four weeks to go somewhere or whatever that is, it, it, it doesn't make sense to, to block yourself off from that vision because the truth is many things are possible in this life. Almost anything is possible. And we don't know, we're not going to get towards any of that if we don't know where we're going. So if we have a vision, you know, like for instance, my, my husband, we had a vision for him to be working less. And so just over the course of many years, you know, maybe a decade when there was a choice point, we knew that was our vision. So we made the choice towards that vision and yes. we kept making the choice towards that vision. And, and now he works four days a week, which is great, you know, and we, we have simplified our life. So that's, it's wonderful. We can do that. But, and sometimes, you know, it, I can see that people might look at the and say, Oh, that's so wonderful. You have this amazing thing. And, you know, I wish that were possible for everyone. And I wish that were possible for everyone too. And it, while it may not be in this moment, you could say, okay, at some point, this is my vision. And then when you have these choice points, just always keeping that kind of North Star in mind, you know, and it sounds like that's what yes. you're helping people do here is to, what is that vision? How do we just break it down really small to bit by bit to make it towards that, whatever yes. that is? So what did you achieve right. in this and way? Nothing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so it just a couple, if, if we can come back to that, just a couple of yeah. things and what you said, I hope I remember. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it may be gone <laughs> now, but you, you were saying, oh, so no. So, and what I, yes. And one of the, one of the practices is called, um, it's, it's about our values. So finding your inner compass and it's exactly what you're talking about, which is like, what are your deepest held values? And every time we can have that really sort of in our back pocket, any decision we need to make, we filter it through our values to say, is this going to get for you? It was having more time together. It sounds like, or more free time or whatever that was about having less work, but more something mm -hmm. um, for your family or your husband. And so that was, like you said, you know, it, it is, we get so stuck because it feels too big and too overwhelming. But the more we can just say, well, each time I am faced with a choice, I can just nudge it just one little direction in this way. It's, it's, it can, it can happen. And I agree with you. Like we can make so many more things happen than we realized are possible. So yes. Yeah. Then, then we allow ourselves to imagine. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes like we don't yeah. allow ourselves yeah. to imagine, I guess, because it can be hard to be, with where we are, if we have this desire for something different? Is that, do you think that's why we don't allow ourselves to kind of go there in some way? Because, I'm sorry, I missed what you said because of a desire for what? So if we have, we don't allow ourselves, I think a lot of times we don't allow ourselves to have a vision of, of what we want or what we desire because, is it because, you know, we, you know, it's kind of American puritanical roots. We feel like wanting more is wrong or bad somehow, or it makes it hard for us to be in our, what we have, you know, if it's not the, exactly what we want at the moment. Yeah. I mean, there may be a piece of that. What I see more often though is I don't think I can make that happen. Like that's not possible. And these are why. So when we, when we start to dream big, we also come up with our mind comes up with all these ideas as to why that can't happen. And 
And sometimes, you know, there are some very real barriers there. But just like you're saying, if you would have said 10 years ago, okay, to your husband, you need to stop working so much now and you need to work four days a week now, he'd be like, well, yeah, you know, there, this is, I'm going to give you my whole list why that cannot happen right now. And mm-hmm. it couldn't right then. So, but if you can be, again, hold that, hold that vision, hold their values, what is most important to you, and then nudge everything in that direction over time. So it's about first letting ourselves dream big and without letting all the barriers get in the way and then figuring out backwards kind of how we get there Um, and knowing that it can take a lot of time. And sometimes we have to accept things, you know, sometimes a ship has sailed, you know, um, and and that that dream may not happen and that's okay, but how do we get a piece of it? How do we get a little bit of that? So it feels like that's nourishing us too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you have, um, do you have exercises to help people figure out what are those values, you know, as you, as you go, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yay. I want people to breathe and empower and achieve. I want women to be, (laughs) be doing these things. Did you see like sort of, uh, you obviously saw a need for this, uh, maybe Mm -hmm. among your clients, your friends, yourself, where did you see this? All of the above. Yes. I think (laughs) you you hear about people, when we write books, we write them for ourselves too. And I definitely feel that way. I write the books that I need to read and I wish I had. And um, so yes, yes, yes. And yes, I see it all over the place, Um, which, which gets me very excited that I can put this out there and hope that it does help us all to, you know, and, and, and a big piece of this is, can we empower each other, you know, and when we are feeling, we know when we feel more compassionate towards ourselves and more uh, grounded and happier then we are more apt to look out and say, how can I help you? And how can I help you? And, and helping each other and empowering each other because we all, all have these gifts. We all have so much that we can do and uh, whether it's collectively or individually, we can support each other. And that's, I love that. Mm, yes. Amen. Amen. So, so I see, so these are, these are exercises, but these are also practices, right? Like this, I mean, I, I'm just want to check in with you that this is, I mean, as far as I see, like our nervous system and our wired for survival nervous system, this, this is just the way it stays. It, you know, we can rewire to a certain extent, but this is something that's not like you get it done this year. And then you're like, I'm great forever. Right? Like this is something that you're continuing to work on. (laughs) Has that, you found that to be true in your own life? And it shifts. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just wondering if it is, have you found that to be true in your own life? Like, uh, that this is these practices you, I mean, or do you, I guess maybe I'm asking like, Sometimes, even though I know their practices, part of my mind is like, oh, yeah, I should be great. You know, like this is, I should be good forever now. Like there's this wishful thinking part of my brain. And then there's, then, then I'm like, oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes, I'm human. And yeah, that it's, but I think that keeps it fun and interesting. And, and, and definitely as we grow and shift and move into different seasons in our parenting or our lives or our careers, whatever that looks like, it's always going to shift what we need, what we are strong at, what we're kind of a little bit more deficient in. And so it is completely as all of this is an, as an ongoing practice, but that can also keep it really exciting and interesting. So what are the practices you keep in your own daily life? 
Oh, well, the definitely meditation in the morning. And it's been since my little guy who's seven, it's still been a short five to 15 minute meditation. It used to be 30 minutes way back. Um, so again, maybe in a different season of my life, I will get back to that. And I, I hope I do. Uh, so definitely that, that foundation of meditation. And then sometimes I will journal. I, I switch it up because sometimes I don't like to do the same thing all the time. Sometimes I'll, I'll journal and spend five minutes working on uh, kind of the dreaming, the allowing myself to dream. Because if sometimes we, I might go through six months or nine months and I am working on a project and it's about the goal setting. So I may, may require that. If I am pushing myself out of my comfort zone, then I may need to kind of head back to some of those empower practices, which are more about the confidence because self-doubt will surely show up when I'm trying to stretch myself into some new territory. So I don't know if I can give you, there's no mm -hmm. formula I have. It's more, um, I definitely, it's like a menu and that's kind of how I see it is, is um, you know, we're pulling from the different areas all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you, you like me, believe in that foundation of meditation, of mindfulness. Tell me from your own point of view why that is so essential and why that's uh, a foundation that weaves throughout your work. Again, I think it comes back to those pieces of awareness insight and calm. So when we are out of practice with, if we're not meditating every day, we number one, forget that we can, ha we have this tool to use it when we're struggling. Mm -hmm. um, it is that ongoing baseline of calm and it is, it increases our awareness. I mean, we, we know this, so the insight that comes and, and we can really fall into that hamster wheel living if we don't really protect that time and carve out that time because it is that daily reminder of, oh yes, there's a different way. <laughs> there's a different way to do this. There's a different way to be other than being on that hamster wheel, which is so pervasive all around us. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, mm -hmm. that's why it's so crucial for me. Well, Shonda, thank you so much. I'm so excited that Breathe and Power Achieve is coming out and for everyone to check it out and get it and, and you know, break these big things down into small bites. We can do more than we, than maybe we realize we can do, you know, why not? Why not? I mean, some, I think when I was thinking about what you were saying in the beginning about we're on the hamster wheel and uh, you know, we, you know, living without intention and things like that. I thought of, um, I got to remember her name because I quote her, her work so often. The, the hospice nurse who wrote the, the five regrets of the dying, which was uh, a, uh, oh, now, now, yes. a book, but it was a, a blog post, but the number one regret of the dying, and she sat with many, you know, many, many dying people, but the number one regret of the dying was, I wish I had lived a life that was true to me, not one that others had mm. in mind for me. Mm. And I think about, you know, what, what you're doing and what you're saying with this book is just to, that, you know, even you, you can t do this in just a little bit by bit kind of way. And I think that's really kind of nice rather than, throw aside your day job and, and everything, you know, it's like, yes, right. instead let's take these tiny steps and, and, and tiny steps can really add up. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And my hope is that everybody finds it accessible for wherever they are, you know, on that whole continuum of wherever we are in our balance and how we, 
how mindful we are in our lives and how successful we feel we are, that there's always a place to go and with those tiny, tiny action steps. Yes. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for the work you're doing. You're doing wonderful work in the world. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm so glad we could get to talk. So go, go check out Shonda's book, Breathe, Empower, Achieve. I'm so excited about it. Thanks so much, Shonda. Thank you, Hunter. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Mama podcast. I love what Shonda has to say. We, you know, we can't continue to just be putting out fires. Like we can be more deliberate about how we're living our lives, even if it's just a tiny little change, right? We can do this. Yes, yes, you can. You can do it. I believe in you. And I just want to give you a quick reminder that if you are listening to this live, you can jump into the Raising Good Humans Live event that is going on right now. It's starting on the day this podcast comes out. And you can join it at RaisingGoodHumansBook.com slash live. That's RaisingGoodHumansBook.com slash live. And if you, if you want to, of course please do buy the book. Pre-order it at RaisingGoodHumansBook.com. That is an incredible way to get all the great lessons that I've put together from so many years in that go into the Mindful Parenting membership all in one place. So go check that out at RaisingGoodHumansBook.com and join us at the live event. So just add a little slash live at the end of that and you can join us for the nine amazing speakers there. All right. So I will be checking in with my uh, my speakers soon. We'll ju be jumping into those interviews just in a few moments for me here. And so I hope I'll see you there. And if not, I'm just wishing you a great week, even if, if you are there. Of course, I am wishing you a great week, too. I'm wishing you peace and joy and some inspiration this week. And um, and I'll be looking for it, too. I'll be looking out for it. I'll be like, kind of, that's what I do. I just kind of go through my days. I look for the peace. I look for the joy. I look for the inspiration. And so I'm, I'm not always in a great mood by far. And, you know, on those days, I still look for the peace. I still look for the joy. I look for the inspiration, right? We have to, and you know, what we train ourselves to look for, that's what we find more and more. So you look for it too with me, okay? All right. I'm wishing you a great week. Namaste. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, 
You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.